This evening, I'd like to kind of continue where I've been the past few weeks. Now, if you haven't been here, um, I won't review, but you can see, uh, you can go in on, online and see the previous teachings. I spoke about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I spoke on speaking in tongues. Uh, last week, I spoke about prophesying. And I realize that these gifts, and most of all the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in Scripture, require you to be able to hear from God. And so the question is, how do you hear from God? Good question. How does the Holy Spirit speak to you, and how does he help you? If the Holy Spirit is our helper, then we definitely need to hear from him, I would think. I'd like to start thinking about this subject as we review a little bit of the parasha. Now, the parasha is that portion, as you know. You find it on the front of your announcements. It's written. And you can see that this week we were in numbers. And uh, I don't remember exactly from where to where, but I think it was something like, uh, 12 or 13 to 15, something in that range. And, uh, but we see that in this parasha, in this portion of the reading of the Torah, Moses sends out spies. Now, I've got to tell you that 10 of the spies did not hear from God. They didn't hear God's voice. We know that Two people heard God's voice, but the ten didn't. And so we pick it up in Numbers 13.30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should definitely go up and capture the land, for we can certainly do it. Now, where did Caleb get this understanding from? He saw the, the same giants as the ten did, he understood the difficulties physically of beating this people. And yet, he says, let's do this. And I believe, even though it doesn't say it in the text, but I believe that Caleb heard from God. So we switch over to Numbers 14, 10 and 11. Then the glory of Adonai appeared at the tent of meeting to all B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. Adonai said to Moses, how long will these people treat me contemptibly? How long will they neglect to trust in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? Please notice that in this passage, God appeared to everybody. He just spoke to Moses, but he appeared to everybody. Right? It says, Adonai appeared at the tent to all B'nai Yisrael, to all the people. Right? But then it says, Adonai said to Moses. So he only spoke to Moses. Something to think about. Something that the people were used to having happen, weren't they? 
they would see and know God existed. But God only spoke to Moses. And God says, the people haven't trusted him, even though he did miracles before them. And I'm going to try and link the fact that they didn't trust him to hearing from God. So here's my opinion, my understanding. You might know God. You might be a believer for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Certainly the people of Israel knew God. You couldn't be a part of Israel and not know God. I mean, you went through the, the, the sea. You, I mean, there were so many miracles. You, you, it would be hard to say, I don't believe in God. But you can't rely on others to hear God's voice for you. And if you do, when that person fails, you will think God failed. Because you're relying on the other person. Trusting God comes from hearing his voice. So that's like one of my basic premises for this evening. Trusting God comes from hearing his voice. I'm going to think that you can only go so far in your trust if you do not hear God's voice. And if you don't hear his voice, I'm also going to say you probably are not trusting him at the level you, you could trust. I'm not comparing you to me, and I'm not comparing... Anybody here to anybody else, I'm, ca I'm comparing you to yourself and where you could be in terms of how much you trust God. When you think of the great men of God, they all heard God's voice. They spoke with God personally, and God spoke to them. Abraham, Moses, Daniel... Paul, and obviously Yeshua. Hearing God's voice should be a critical desire of yours. It should be a, 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 a priority. If you have not practiced listening to God and hearing his voice, I would ask you after this evening to make that a prime directive for yourself. We talked a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit. Most of them, as I mentioned before, require you to hear God's voice. If you're a teacher and you don't hear God's voice, you're teaching your thoughts, not His. If you are a prophet and you don't hear God's voice, you're giving your own prophecies, not His. If you're an evangelist and you don't hear God's voice, you're trying to convince people by your own thoughts, not his. We have to rely more on hearing God's voice. So it just so happens we go from the Torah reading 
which is in Numbers, to the Haftorah reading from the writings. And this happened to be, as you see in your front of, of your announcements, in, in Joshua, Joshua 2. And here we're confronted by Rahab, a prostitute. And I'm going to tell you tonight, and you might not like it, but I really believe that Rahab heard God's voice. Joshua 2, 8 through 11. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof, and she said to the men, to the Israelites, I know that Adonai has given you the land. Um, dread of you has fallen on us. And all the inhabitants of the land are melting in fear before you. For we have heard how Adonai dried up the water of the reed of a sea of reeds before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard about it, our hearts melted, and no spirit remained anymore in any one because of you. For Adonai, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. <coughs> So the people of Jericho heard about what God had done, right? The dread of what God had done had fallen on them. So they believed in God. They believed in the God of Israel. They believed in the God of Israel because of the miracles they heard that happened with Israel. But they did not hear from God. They just knew about God. On the other hand, Rahab, who said, all the other part of what she said was a description of what happened to all the people. But then she said something personal. For Adonai your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And I don't know how she would know that unless God had spoken to her. It seemed that only Rahab of, in all of Jericho understood what that meant and that God, the God of Israel was the God for everyone. Somehow God deposited that information into Rahab. She must have heard from God, known it was God, then acted on what she heard because she trusted the God that she hardly knew. <clears throat> How could she trust God? I believe it's because she heard God's voice. She knew that these men were to be protected because they were from God. She knew, she took her life in her hands. And she was able to do that because somehow she trusted the God of Israel. So we continue in the parasha reading. And we get to the Burit Hadashah, the New Covenant. And the New Covenant reading for the parasha is in Hebrews 3. 
So we go to verse 7, and it says, Therefore, just as the Ruach Ruach HaKodesh says, in other words, the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. Now, when they speak about the rebellion, they're speaking about the time we just read about with Moses and how the ten rebelled and how they caused others to rebel. On the day of testing in the wilderness, there your fathers put me to the test. Though they saw my works for 40 years, Therefore, I was provoked by this generation, and I said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. I believe when we are not able to hear God's voice, we will harden our hearts, or we will become rebellious, especially when we are going through testing. When we're going through testing, it is hard to pray. There are some people when they go through testing, they, they reach out to God and they, they can pray. There are other people who just call somebody else and say, you pray. And that works because you know that you should be praying and you're just not capable. You know, oftentimes we're, when we're being tested and there's something bad going on, we're praying the problem. We're not, we're not praying in faith. We're not believing that this will be solved. We're just seeing the problem and we're doing, oi, me, you know, poor me. Hebrews 3.12, take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an evil heart of unbelief that falls away from the living God. How many of you have said, how could somebody really be a believer and then give up Yeshua as their Messiah? And I think this passage sort of explains it, that it is possible. We, de- we get a hardened heart and then unbelief starts and and that sin for me my understanding is the sin that blasphemes the holy spirit and if you put these scriptures together you understand that when you start hardening your heart you are on your way to leaving the lord how do we not let this happen The next verse, verse 13. But encourage one another day by day. Now, some people in the congregation feel it's their ministry to correct people. That's not really what scripture is asking you to do. And I think it's important that we follow scripture because sometimes, I know this is hard to believe for believers, the voice we hear loud and clear is not necessarily God's voice, but rather the enemy 
Hasatan, the one who is seeking to divide and destroy. And if you allow that voice to enter and you are not hearing the word of God, you begin to harden your heart and then you, as it talks about in Galatians 6.1, because you have not learned how to correct with kindness and gentleness, you too are tempted. So, and look what it says. Encourage one another day by day as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is a deceiver. If sin wasn't a deceiver, nobody would sin. Now, I realize this doesn't answer the question, how do you hear from God? God can do anything he wants, first of all. Uh, we see that with him using Rahab. I don't think Rahab was saying, let me hear your voice, necessarily. But somehow, God spoke to her, and she knew. And if God can speak to Rahab, God can speak to you and me. <coughs> so, if we're talking about hearing God's voice and the connection between that and trusting God, and we know that trusting God is a key element of our walk with the Lord, then it is important to learn how to hear His voice. Now, hearing from God is probably a teaching all of its own, not going to be able to do it tonight. But I will mention a few generalities. Things that consider. Number one, like any gift, like anything we want to have, we need to desire it. So desire to hear his, his voice. Desire to hear God. How do you do that? Well, you spend time in prayer. You spend time in God's word. Praying, worshiping, and, and, and reading his word brings intimacy. And intimacy is the foundation, I believe, for hearing God's voice. Secondly, you need to obviously trust in him. Since you probably will not hear an audible message from him. Trust that he is speaking into your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Third, you need to fight sin in your life. Isaiah 59.2 says, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Hearing God's voice requires you to be close to him and that means, as best we can, we try and get rid of sin. Number four, we are to love God and love our neighbor. So we have to develop 
a spirit of repentance, forgiveness, compassion, reconciliation, and kindness. This kind of behavior brings unity. And we know from Acts 2 that they were all in one mind as they were praying together. And then the spirit fell. Number five, be humble. You might not have heard from God. You might have thought you heard from him, but you might not have. And so humility is the good soil that God uses to plant his word. But humility also lets you understand that if somebody is there telling you or questioning you on what you thought was from God, it is important that you listen. We are not to be arrogant. We're to be humble. It is hard to love and be in unity without humility. So humility, once again, is the good soil, I believe, that God uses to plant his word in our hearts. Number six, be persistent. You might have gotten it wrong in terms of hearing from God, but you are willing to try again as you continue to abide in him, to be close to him. Number seven, don't judge your success in hearing God's voice by how things turn out. I could spend a whole hour on this subject. <coughs> you know, I'm not a fan of open doors and closed doors. Sometimes open doors are opened by the wrong one. Sometimes closed doors have to be smashed through because God is testing you to see if you're willing to go through whatever you're willing to go through to get to what he wants you to get to. Other times, doors are open, you go through, and you say, that's God. That's fine. I, I get it. But it's not always the case. And all I'm saying is don't judge your success in hearing God's voice by how things work out. Imagine if Moses did that. Poor guy. I mean, do you realize how many things did not work out right for Moses? And yet he was in constant discussion with God. <coughs> I'd like to close with three scriptures about hearing God's voice. Number one, John 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's hard to follow Yeshua if you do not hear his voice. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah. Faith and trusting God comes from hearing his word. Part of hearing his voice is knowing what his voice sounds like and we learn that from the word of God. And finally, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things which you do not know. 
God is asking that we call on him. He wants us to be proactive. He wants us to desire the things that will make us disciples and hear his voice. We'll definitely do that. So tonight, you need to desire to hear from God. And you need to ask God whatever questions you have that require answers. Do what scripture says. Call on God. You might call on him to find out if he's really God. You might call on him to, find, to help you with finances or your health. You might call on him for circumstances in your life, relationships. The key is to call on him and then listen for his voice. You might not think you're good enough, but as I said before, if Rahab is good enough, I believe you're good enough too. He'll speak to you. The first step is to become one of his children. I believe pretty much everybody here knows the Lord, but in, just in case there is somebody here who does not, you repent before God. You acknowledge Yeshua as your Messiah. And you say, Lord, I'm dedicating myself to you forever. With that simple proclamation to the Lord from your heart, I believe that that allows you to enter into the kingdom of God and be a child of God. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we love you and praise you and honor you and worship you. And Lord, I'm just praying right now that everybody who hears this teaching will desire to hear your voice and will not be satisfied until they hear you well. And Lord, even when we hear you well, I don't want to be arrogant or, or feel that that's the end of the road. Lord, I believe that's just the beginning. And so, Lord, just open up this horizon of hearing your voice. I pray for each and every person. We all have decisions to make. We all have things to do. And everything that we do requires us to hear your voice. So, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for the power of the gift of, of hearing you, Lord. It might not be a gift in 1 Corinthians, but it's certainly a gift that allows 1 Corinthian gifts to happen. So, Lord, speak to your people tonight. And every day, let us hear your voice. We praise you and worship you and honor you. In the name of Yeshua. Amen.